0: Welcome to Civil War Talk Radio with host Jerry Prokopovich. Our program covers all aspects of Civil War history, from the battlefields to the home fronts, and features guest experts, plus insight from your host as they discuss the most critical period in American history. Now, here is your host, Jerry Prokopovich.
1: This is Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich. There's no better way to explore Civil War history than to visit the places where it happened, where great events happened, like Gettysburg, with lots of public access, monuments everywhere, interpretation, but also places that are less well-known, less accessible, less thoroughly interpreted, but with stories that can be equally compelling. We can't all take a year off to go visit such places, but John Banks could and did and then wrote about it in A Civil War Road Trip of a Lifetime, Antietam, Gettysburg, and beyond. He's here to talk about it with us tonight on Civil War Talk Radio.
0: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. O W-I-C-Z-G at ECU dot edu. Now, back to Civil War Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich, coming to you this evening from the usual spot the third floor of the Brewster Building on the campus of East Carolina University. Not, however, coordinating the offense of East Carolina's football team or speaking for ECU in any way. Uh, Simply uh, using the office here after hours. My guest, likewise, will not speak for any institution other than himself. That's how we always do it here. I'm speaking to you this evening using uh, through the... The modern technology that we call Frank, uh, the new set of headphones named for uh, a generous listener uh, named Frank who donated funds to help make this possible and uh, talked about him on last week's show. If you want to join in the, uh, the thrill of having a Civil War talk radio object named for you, you can do the same thing. Go to www.impedimentsofwar.org, and there you can go to the PayPal uh, donation button, and uh, donors who contribute $50 or more can choose uh, the item of their, their choice here at Civil War Talk Radio World Headquarters to be named after them. What does that mean? What is available? Well, it has to be something associated with Civil War Talk Radio. I cannot rename the Sears Tower or Twitter or other things that have already been renamed anyway. And it has to be something under my control. Um, I I cannot promise that 2nd Manassas will hereafter be called the Jennifer Smith 2nd Battle of Manassas if you donate $50 and say your name was Jennifer Smith. Um, You would have to contact the National Park Service for that kind of uh, that kind of clout. But I do have a few objects around the office. Um, uh, an old baseball cap, a laser pointer that I use in class, a coffee mug full of pencils, uh, anything you think a professor might have, uh, a tweed jacket, for example, I wear occasionally. Any of these, uh, you could have your name attached. And uh, if $50 is more than you care to invest in a holiday gift, having something swimming name for yourself, or for uh, a loved one, uh, you can you can go a lot cheaper and just get a Civil War Talk Radio T-shirt, uh, which I promote with a clear conscience because T Public, who make the shirts, uh, keeps pretty much most of the the money for it. I get two to four dollars for each shirt, depending on the sale price, shows up at Civil War Talk Radio. Uh, but they help promote the show. Uh, you can wear them to. Civil War roundtable meetings that you attend, you can wear them to your daughter's wedding. You can wear them anywhere you like, and that does help uh, promote the show. And uh, finally, while we're talking about holiday gift giving, if you, uh, if even fifty is, is, you laugh and say, oh, "I spent fifty dollars on," uh, and fill in a trivial item here. Uh, if you want to go big. The Civil War Institute uh, that meets next June in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania June 7th through 12th is having a holiday promotion if you sign up for the the event uh, next next uh, year's event the 2024 event if you sign up for it now in the month of December or sign up someone uh, give someone a gift of a membership there. It's 15% off. So uh, go to the Gettysburg.edu website for Gettysburg College, find the Civil War Institute, or go old school. Call them on the phone, 717 337 6590, and ask them about those discounts. So we are uh, the other thing you can do while you're overlooking at uh, Civil War Talk Radio's website, impedimentsofwar.org, which Mark Gaffney helps. Uh, maintain is find out who's next on the show. We've got one more show in the fall season here of our 20th year at Civil War Talk Radio. Next week, uh, Howell Raines will be our guest, ex-New York Times editor and now author of of a book about uh, well, it's called Silent Cavalry, how Union soldiers from Alabama helped Sherman burn Atlanta and then got written out of history. That I'm guessing sums up most of the book right there in the title, but uh, we'll read it and we'll talk about it with him next week. We'll take a winter break, midwinter break. We'll come back in January with Elizabeth Varon and her new biography of James Longstreet, and we'll have lots more in January 2024. Well, our guest tonight, and let's pick up the book here, uh, is John Banks, author of a Civil War road trip of a lifetime in Gettysburg, and beyond. Uh, on the cover, it says John Banks is rambling columnist for Civil War Times Magazine. Um, let's find out about that, Mr. Banks. Are you there, Jerry? I am. Welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, let me ask uh, about your background because this is uh, a. I'll go. I had not say a unique book in uh, Civil War literature. The question comes up, how does one prepare to write a book like this? Uh, You wrote for Civil War Times uh, Magazine
3: at at one point? Yeah, I currently do. I have a column in every issue called uh, Rambling. But I'm a longtime journalist, uh, Dallas Morning News for quite a long time. And then uh, ESPN.com, where I ran uh, NFL crop coverage for nine years, and then three years doing uh, other stuff. Uh, but i like to underscore the the long time in journalism, and uh, mainly, I, you know, I was an editor over most of my career. But over the mm-hmm. last ten years, I've done a, quite a bit of writing. So, well, it, I
1: refrained from talking about. Um, either the Detroit Lions, my childhood team that I've suffered with for my entire lifetime, and the outstanding season they're having, or college football playoffs, which, um, you know, back in the day, they just played a season, and every game mattered, and and the, the voters voted on who was the national champion. And everyone said, oh, we can't have that, got to have a playoff, got to decide on the field, don't let the voters decide. Ask Florida State what they think of that. Thirteen or no, and they don't get to go to the playoff. Um, I'm sorry, I'm in
3: high dudgeon now. We have to move back no. to the Civil War. Actually, uh, actually, I wanted to break some news to you, and this all right. this, this may not <laughs> this may not be pleasant news, but uh, neither my wife nor I went to the University of Alabama, but we're both. Big, big Alabama fans, and I know you went to Michigan. So <laughs> yes, well, see, we—I'm wearing right now my
1: Michigan Rose Bowl sweatshirt. Oh my not god! Not for this. Not for this year. It's the one from 1997 when they won the national title. Um, the or shared it with Nebraska, and uh, I've had this shirt. Well, let's do the math. That's 26 years. The shirt is older than all my students. <laughs> uh, just about. And I haven't worn it a lot lately, but I'm wearing it every day now. Yeah, it'll be a great game, Alabama and Michigan. We'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's get back to this topic. Well, you mentioned your wife. Uh, yes. Uh, and as I'm reading your book, which describes your visits to many interesting Civil War-related sites, it becomes clear after a while that uh, just as you know, reading Moby Dick. Who is the protagonist? Is it the way of <laughs> Captain Ahab? Um, as I'm reading this book, I conclude a good part of the way through that that Mrs. B is actually the the main character and uh, the protagonist she, because there's no book without her.
3: Yeah. Without her. Yes. I uh, Jerry, my wife's real name is Carol, and she's mm-hmm. in, in the other room, sitting by the fire with a glass of wine in her hand, but. I can't do this without her. She's an integral part of my life. And we're sort of both of us are have refined senses of humor, I guess is the best way to put it. And uh, we have this verbal jousting that we do almost every day of our lives. And she is the, I refer to her as the the CFO of our family. You know, I have no aptitude for anything that has to do with numbers Mm -hmm. And I run run everything past her, whether it's a, you know, if I go to a Civil War show, I have a a limit of $75 to spend. And if I want to go over that, I always, Mm -hmm. as a reflex action, will either text her or give her a quick call. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, she's an integral part of the book. And I weaved her throughout the book, including including a chapter, uh, as you uh, may have read early in the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, and that, that's, that's very wise. There's, there's no,
2: uh,
1: uh, listeners, uh, any listener who's been in any long-term relationship knows, uh, you're, you're doing the right thing there. That is, that's absolutely necessary. Uh, well, we're talking about the book and, and I've read the book and you've written the book. Listeners don't maybe need to know more. What's, what exactly is this book? Uh, Imagine you haven't written it, yet. what's can you give the elevator pitch the three minute
3: uh, description of what this book is is about sure, I mean here's the deal o- over you know the course of my career as a journalist and even before that uh every year or every other month, I would go uh on these civil war road trips I'd call them uh, my power trips and mm-hmm. on e- each one of these trips, I kept meeting these fascinating people, you know, from the guy in Sharpsburg, Maryland, who invested $50,000 into a diorama of the battlefield to all sorts of people. And I write this column for civil war magazine that takes people to these places and introduces the, the, the people who either take me around these battlefields or historic sites and, So I weave the the history and the people and try to give people a sense of of place. And very often I take people beyond, as you said at the beginning of uh, your intro there, beyond Mm -hmm. the Gettysburgs and Antietam's to places like Doug Hill uh, in Tennessee or Deatonville, Virginia, or Farmville, Virginia, the site of Robert E. Lee's last victory. So we're all a part of this story now, 160 something odd years later. And I kept running into these fabulous characters and I thought I need to do a book. So that's what I did. And, uh, you know, it was over the course of more than a year and I still was employed at the time. So I kind of weave these trips, uh, in between the raindrops, so to speak. Now, when you describe it like that, and
1: certainly this is what I thought when I read the first chapter or so. Uh, it sounds a lot like, like Tony Horowitz's book, Confederates in the Attic. Here, here's a guy who's a journalist, good with words, goes to Civil War sites, meets sometimes quite curious people, and writes about them.
3: How is this book different from that? First of all, I am not Tony Horowitz, and <laughs> I met I met Tony Horowitz uh, – right after his uh, John Brown book came out, met him on a winter day day in Litchfield, Connecticut. And we kind of compared notes as journalists. And as you know, Tony was a war correspondent, Mm -hmm. uh, a fabulous writer. You know, I, I went into this book, not writing a Tony Horowitz book, but writing my book. And I can't write like Tony Horowitz. He's a fabulous writer, has much deeper experience as a journalist in the field than probably I do. So I kind of just went at this from without any goal or without any, you know, uh, final goal of telling, you know, this ultimate story. And I just put, put all these stories together and I thought you know, I've been doing this for so long and taking these trips to me, I I kind of put myself as I'm every man. And there are many people who I think do what I do in in different ways, maybe not to the extent that I do it, but I view myself as this every man author, sort of like, you know, I wanted to experience these places. You you probably remember George Plimpton who wrote the book about- Oh, sure.
1: Paper paper Lion. Yeah.
3: Paper Lion. So I kind of- You know, when I went to these places, I wanted to, you know, really experience what these places are like. So when I went to Champion Hill Battlefield and I happened to go there on the anniversary of the battle, uh, May 16th, 1863, I went there and visited with Sid Champion V and went about the battlefield on his ATV. And, oh, my goodness, what an experience that was. So. I kind of view myself as every man, every civil war traveler. I went to many more places, maybe than the average person can do. Uh, So I didn't write Tony's book. Tony's Mm -hmm. book, you know, it wasn't Tony's book. I deeply admire him. I wrote my book and it's different than I think than Tony's book is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, I weaved in all these amazing characters that I met, along the way and take the, the visitor from everywhere from Gettysburg and Antietam to some of the oddball places that I mentioned in the book. Well, let, let's, let me ask about that. Then when you,
1: well, how did you decide where, where to go? In fact, let's, let's do this because that's a big question. Um, I'll throw it out there. We'll take a short break and then you can, uh, have time to ponder your answer uh there are i I lost track of the the number i'm going to look in the table of contents there are 35 different brief chapters of places you went um how do you how do you decide which 35 places to go to are these all the places you went or just a a subsection uh these are the kinds of questions I want to know having read this book, and I hope listeners will too. The book is called A Civil War Road Trip of a Lifetime, Antietam, Gettysburg, and Beyond. Its author is John Banks, who's our guest tonight. I'm Jerry Prokopovich. This is Civil
0: War Talk Radio.
2: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing
0: really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Civil War Talk Radio. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to ProkopovichG at edu. That's P R O K O P. O W I C Z G at E C U dot E D U. Now back to Civil War Talk Radio,
1: and welcome back to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich, talking tonight with John Banks, author of A Civil War Road Trip of a Lifetime: Antietam, Gettysburg, and Beyond. This book has thirty-plus short chapters that each describe a visit. To a place that you may have been to, like Gettysburg or Antietam, but others that I'm willing to bet uh, none of us have been to. Uh, uh, may, maybe no one listening to this show uh, has visited. So, John, my question is, how do you – did you lay this out in advance, say, well, here's here are the places I'm going to go? Are these places you visited over the course of your career writing about such places for Civil War time times? Uh, how, how, how did the planning work for this?
3: It's an excellent question. Uh, it was a mix of planning and serendipity. So here, here's an example. Uh, I planned a trip to go to new market Heights, which is a battlefield out South of Richmond mm-hmm. where USC 14 USCT soldiers, uh, earned the medal of honor. And on my way to Richmond, I, I spent a, uh, somewhat sleepless night in Stanton, Virginia, in a bed and breakfast, uh, which is another story in itself. But uh, on my way to Richmond, I notice a sign for Trevilian Station, and it's one of those brown historical mark, typical brown historical markers that you see, or not markers, the the roadside signs that you see uh, mm-hmm. on, on interstates or wherever. And that's like waving fresh meat in front of a in front of a hungry dog. I'd never been there. So I said, you know, I've got some time. I'm going to go there. So it was kind of a mix of, of serendipity and, and planning. Like, for example, if you're going to write a book like this, you got to go to Gettysburg. That's, that's a slam dunk. And Mm -hmm. I think you have to go to Antietam too. And I'm very, very, uh, 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 Love Antietam. I'm, a, I'm on the board of the Save Historic Antietam Foundation, and there are hundred, hundreds of times, so that place is like a magnet for me. So a little bit of serendipity, a little bit of planning. I kind of like the serendipity part because you run into some surprises and some things you you may not expect.
1: I, I When I was driving back from uh, uh, This Hallowed Ground tour, that uh, that I do with the Stephen Ambrose historical tours every year, once or twice. I had the same experience actually driving through Virginia. I saw the Trevilian Station sign and said, "I've got time before I get home." Um, Mrs. P is watching, doing something interesting without me, and could could use another couple hours alone. Uh, I'll and I went to look at Trevilian Station. The difference between you and me though is you then met people i I saw the uh the abandoned uh tavern, yes, got out, walked <laughs> around, nobody there um, walked around through that, uh saw the sign for the museum that is long since closed and defunct didn't go yes. in that uh, yeah, and found where they had preserved uh the civil war uh, the preservation groups had preserved uh many acres of the battlefield but it was a horse trail and i didn't have a horse with me and and uh didn't have that much time to walk a a two-mile trail
3: uh you however you met someone there how how did you do that well first of all uh, like you i have i have two daughters and, I, and i've told my daughters that 98.6 percent of life is schmoozing so i like you, I pull into Trevillians Virginia. This this, mm-hmm. this this tiny town of Virginia. I see the sign for the museum, and I go, "Oh my gosh, I have to go back there!" Right. So I drive down the road, and I get to the Netherlands Tavern. I think that's what it's called. Yep. And it's it's a replica of the tavern that was there in 1865 during the battle. And I see this couple hauling a bed. <laughs> Outside ah. the tavern, and I start schmoozing with them, and just a delightful couple, uh, Ed Krebs and his wife, and I end up talking to them, and they, you know, Civil War people. Jerry, I find, are, are the people who are really into it mm-hmm. have what have what I call the thousand yard Civil War stare. You you could you could go up to them and say, Hey, my house burned down. And I've lost my stamp collection that I've been collecting for 40 years. And they mm-hmm. will continue to talk, uh, focus on the Civil War. Yeah. This, this couple was like that. But they were oh. just so, such nice people. I ended up helping them haul stuff, haul stuff into that place. And it was, like a, it was like 100 degrees that day. It was really mm-hmm. hot. And then afterward, they say, hey, would you like to see George Armstrong Custer's headquarters, which is right up the road? Oh. Well, of course, I'm not going to turn that down. So mm-hmm. we went up there and we sat in the house and they told me stories. And it, they were just a delightful couple. And, and it's just an example of the people that I met along you know, my road trip. They're, they're a perfect example of some of the people i met.
1: Now, this couldn't be all serendipity. There had to be some planning. Like you said in our first section, uh, you visited Champions Hill in Mississippi, part of the Vicksburg campaign, on the anniversary of the battle. And that battlefield, much of it is in private hands today. But you toured it with a descendant, Sid Champion V. You you must have contacted him first. You couldn't have just shown up at his front door. No, absolutely I did.
3: and Uh-huh. Sid, Champion the Fifth, I think I have this right, his uh, great-great-grandparents owned a massive plantation at uh, Champion Hill. Uh, They were slaveholders, obviously, among the, uh, the biggest slaveholders in Mississippi at the time. And I happened to be there on, you know, I set this up, obviously, and I happened to be there on May 16th, 1863, the anniversary of the battle. And Sid is deeply deeply uh enamored with that property we we sat just just Sid and i sat uh up on the hill of death and if you've ever been to champion Hill, and many of you may have not have been there it's a it's a mm-hmm. key key part of the battlefield and he turned to me and and you know we're, we're listening to the birds you know chirping and uh and it was really a cool scene he goes john There's no other place that I'd rather be than here. So, yeah, I I set that trip up. There are some others that I set up, too. Like, for example, at Antietam, I went Mm -hmm. to the 40-acre cornfield, which is on the southern end of the battlefield, not as well visited as as the northern end where you have Miller's Cornfield and the Eastwoods and Dunker Church. And I arranged to, uh, to meet a descendant of a 16th Connecticut soldier who was uh, killed in the 40-acre cornfield. And it was, you know, we arranged it beforehand. I asked her if she mm-hmm. wanted wanted to walk the ground from Snavely's Ford up there, and she agreed, and, and we just had a great time, just a fabulous time. So so you've got some connections in advance, and others,
1: as uh, you say, you've just you know, show up and, and sometimes the, the magic happens. Um in terms of the structure of the book, the places you visit uh are certainly scattered. I guess your home base is in, in Tennessee, is that correct? Correct.
3: Yeah. I okay. live in Nashville, but I I'm from western
1: Pennsylvania. Okay. So I I used leftover turkey to try to make a devonshire sandwich. Um this year, just uh, uh, to throw in a Pittsburgh trivia bit, ah. uh, I've I've driven through Pittsburgh uh, yes. and I found the, found this recipe online. Apparently, it's a Pittsburgh thing. It was That's pretty awesome. good. That's um, awesome. Anyway, the the so from from Tennessee, you 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 go to some western theater places like Champions Hill, uh, Perryville, in Kentucky, uh, but a lot in the eastern theater as well. The book doesn't follow. The path of the war. You, you're not going in the footsteps of the war chronologically. Um, Absolutely not. No. <laughs> and th- 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 is is there rhyme or reason to the the pattern? I could. I'm not sure. I could figure it out.
3: There is no rhyme or reason. This is this is roughly chronologically as I took these trips. Mm-hmm. And you know, as I said, when I went into to pitching this book to Gettysburg Publishing, you know. Uh, I, I had no intention of following the war chronologically, that would be way too hard. And, Mm -hmm. and I, and I'm not a super deep, deep thinker. I, I couldn't even figure that out. I'm not, I'm not, I'm geographically challenged Jerry went to West Virginia university a long time ago and just walking out the door on a walk in the morning, I, I get lost. So I did it the way I wanted to do it. And, uh, yeah. If I had to do it chronologically, I think I'd get a big headache. So, so the, um, you mentioned, uh, the new
1: market battlefield, new market heights battlefield to be Correct. specific, not, not the one in the Valley. Yes. Um, and, and, uh, Tim Talbot, that he's a, a friend, he's been on this show uh, a number of times and, uh, we used to send interns to him from ECU when he was working at Pamplin Park, Yeah. uh. So I was excited to see him in, in the book. That's an interesting example of a battlefield that is partly preserved by the local county, partly by, uh, by Tim's organization, the Central Virginia Battlefield uh, Organization. I, th- I think the American Battlefield Trust is involved, but it needs its preservation because it's so little um, – uh, so little known about. Uh, listeners to this show know, have heard of New Market Heights because they're listening to a podcast about the Civil War, and so they're interested in the topic. But the average person on the street has never heard of that battle, even though, as you said uh, earlier, there were 14 Medals of Honor awarded there to United States Colored Troops. Is Is there a future for better publicity for stories like that?
3: Uh, is, is your book intended to maybe help bring that about? I think if my book does that, I think it's fabulous. And, you know, when I went in, first of all, most people, I think most civil war people confuse, have no idea where new market heights is. And, uh, you know, going into writing this book, Jerry, I had no idea what happened there. And Tim, as you mentioned, terrific guy. Yeah. Just terrific. Soft-spoken guy from from Southern Indiana, a fabulous person, Uh, deeply into the history of uh, black soldiers during the war, and and not just black soldiers, uh, enslaved people, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea. I was like, I had no idea what happened there. And the day that I met him for the very first time, like we knew each other via social media and exchange emails. I -hmm. met him for the very first time on a hundred degree day in August.
2: Mm. And as
3: I, as I describe it in the book, it was like hell with the lid off. It was amazing. (laughs) And we go walking back into these woods and you can still see the earthworks created by the Texas brigade. And to, to stand on that ground, to walk that ground, and to see what those uh, USCT troops went through on that day is truly a profound experience and, and one of the most memorable stories in the book for me. Now,
1: those earthworks are still visible to us because they're so, so off the beaten track, they're hard to get to. Um, but you've certainly experienced uh, in your travels some of the, uh, I'll say, the highs and lows of battlefield preservation, uh, some successes and some failures. Uh, are there any of those that really stand out for you?
3: Successes or failures? Well, successes obviously Antietam is a mm-hmm. ma- massive, massive success. Um, you know, I didn't go to Chancellorsville, which, which breaks my heart, you know, breaks my heart when I see it because you see all the development uh, around Fredericksburg. So the, the places that I went to Jerry are, you know, your listeners have no idea probably about Doug Hill. And I wrote about Doug Hill in the book. And I wrote Mm -hmm. about Cumberland church, which needs to be better known the site of Robert E. Lee's last victory. And I Got to be. I became friends with the farmer Dirk Warner, who owns uh, Core Battlefield at Cumberland Church. Wants to be buried on the battlefield, by the way, out by the Red Butts. Mm. So I really didn't go to any places that were preservation losses. I don't think, but I went to many places that I don't think your listeners have have ever heard of.
1: Well, I'd say you mentioned Murfreesboro, Stones River. This is the one that comes to mind. Yeah, that 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 was sad to read about. Yes,
3: um, I'm sorry. You, but you, but yeah, you nailed that one. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean it made an impression on me as I read it that I've yeah. been there, uh, but I was last there, you know, I don't know, 25 years ago, and uh, it was already the park was just a fraction of the actual battlefield. And while much of the rest was still open ground uh, it hasn't stayed that way in contrast, uh, you write about Perryville, which is is still pretty much uh, the, the
3: way it looked then uh, you know there okay. are some great places Perryville I, I, for your listeners, it's in Kentucky, and I would it's the Western theater version for me at least of Antietam mm-hmm. very right. well very well preserved. If you go there, be prepared. Like I'm an advocate. Like when you go to these battlefields, Jerry, as I'm sure you mm-hmm. are, you got to get out and walk. You can't. Oh just, yeah. You can't just sit in your car. And I'm nice. a, Although I must admit, on the day of my visit, I was there with a gentleman uh, who took us around in a, a uh, uh, in a gator. So I'm embarrassed mm-hmm. to say that. But most of the time, when I do go there, I do walk the battlefield. Mm-hmm.
1: But, and you had the chance to go into the Squire Bottom House there. I, I, yeah. I, I think of Perryville is the most important battle you've never heard of. Is how I introduce it to people uh, if I'm talking about it to a non, non
3: uh, enthusiast audience because they will have heard.
1: Yes. Of it. Yes, I think that's but, an app.
3: That's an apt description. That's really good.
1: But but the Squire Bottom House, I I saw it. have seen it from the outside. How how did you get to go in there? You got to know
3: people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was with Chuck Lott, who uh, at the time was, a, I believe he still is, is a member of the Friends of Perryville Battlefield. I think mm-hmm. I have that right. And he said, you want to go in? And it's, <laughs> it's well, that, that's like, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not turning that down. So mm-hmm. it's privately owned and you can still see bullet holes in the house inside and for for a person like me it's like oh again that's fresh meat i gotta see it i have to experience it and it was a remarkable experience it's very well preserved uh and it was a treat to see the inside of this house that was in the you know the vortex of the battle so
1: well there are other places like that uh we're going to take another short break and come back talk more about some of these, these really wonderful Civil War sites. We're talking with John Banks. He's the author of A Civil War Road Trip of a Lifetime, Antietam, Gettysburg, and Beyond. I'm Jerry Prokopovich. This is Civil
0: War Talk Radio. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics.
2: Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Have
0: you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. All the time, the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Civil War Talk Radio. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to prokopovichg at ECU dot. That's P-R-O-K-O-P-O-W-I-C-Z. G at E D U. Now, back to Civil War Talk Radio.
1: Welcome back to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich, talking tonight with John Banks, author of A Civil War Road Trip of a Lifetime Antietam, Gettysburg, and Beyond. It is an account of visits to uh, almost three dozen Civil War sites, some you've heard of, some you've been to, Gettysburg, Antietam, and others uh, that that you may not even have heard of, uh, Sparta and Doug Gap and uh, uh, Schulte and Laurel, places like these. The um, I have a whole list of the kind of questions that uh, are superficial and could come off the top. What's your favorite place to visit? Not going to ask you that, um, but I will ask this. Is
3: there a place you visited that you would never go back to oh my that's a that's a good question i I can tell you a place that that is really tough to go back to and there's a chapter in the book i call it america's saddest place Mm. and andersonville it's hard to get to andersonville georgia the uh, Mm -hmm. the pow camp and with that story jerry I, i i hope again getting getting to the the George Clinton, you know, aspect in which I hope to hope to do sort of was um I contacted the N- the National Park Service and I hoped to sleep overnight at Andersonville and and, and experience that place obviously not as a as a prisoner would but to, mm-hmm. to just kind of soak up the atmosphere. and couldn't do that but I ended up uh with a park guide named Terry Serber, uh, and we were allowed to to walk around the place at nighttime. And I don't, you know, many of your listeners have probably, I think, have been to Andersonville. It's a hard place to get to in south, in mm-hmm. uh, deep in Georgia. That's just a profound experience. Knowing mm-hmm. that thirteen thousand U.S. soldiers died there over the course of you know, a little more than a year. I'm mm-hmm. going to, I'm going to go back someday, but it's hard. It's really hard to go back there. That,
1: I mean, that makes sense that you do describe a lot of obscure places that are, are literally hard to get to, but, uh, but the emotional investment that it requires is required to visit a place like that it is, that comes through in, in your description. Um, do you, a number of the people you visit uh, and, and a number of the, the sites you, you mentioned this, uh, a number of the people you visit have collections, Civil War collections, often ones of items that they gathered themselves, that they are uh, uh, relic hunters. And near the end of the I, I was getting ready to, uh, 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 to tear you a new one about this, but near the end of the book, you acknowledge the problems with relic hunting Um, there's a reason why my colleagues in uh, archaeology here at ECU are are dead set against it and as someone who's worked with artifacts in a museum I understand the the negatives to it Uh, but what are your thoughts on this practice
3: that is a That's an excellent question. And I had a discussion with somebody else regarding this today. Mm -hmm. Um, There are uh, relic hunters come in different categories. Okay. There are the relic hunters who will seek permission from a farmer and uh, document all their finds. And then there are the unscrupulous relic hunters who will even metal detect or seek artifacts on, uh, National Park Service property, which mm. uh, is abhorrent. Nobody should be doing that. But I describe in the book uh, the trip to Murfreesboro to f- f- the site of Fortress Rosecrans, which mm. is now in the middle of Murfreesboro or in the outskirts of Murf- Murfreesboro, surrounded by uh, development, uh, a strip mall, etc. cetera. And I talk about in the book where uh, I was invited to go out there and uh the person who was uh I'm not a relic hunter by the way mm-hmm. uh, this person was was seeking artifacts there he found a bunch of stuff and and now that place is developed and gone ideally like in a perfect world it would be great if a Tennessee state archaeologist would have the opportunity to go there and document every find like mm-hmm. I've been I've been to Gettysburg with the head archaeologist there up at Copes Hill I wrote Mm -hmm. about this for civil war times magazine where everything was documented. There were little flags in the ground and he could, uh, as he explained to me, he could tell the story of what happened at Culp sale. So there are, there are different categories. Mm -hmm. There there are people I know, including close friends of mine who despise relic hunters. I get it. I totally Mm -hmm. get it. I am not a relic hunter, but I think, I give leeway to to the people who go to places that are going to quickly be paved over and disappear forever um uh, and there are numerous examples around murfreesboro of that mm-hmm. so. no that that
1: chapter Soften my stance on, on this because, as you point out, if the cranes are already digging and if uh, no state or university or other organization has been given the opportunity to conduct proper archaeology, then at that point, this, the information buried with those artifacts is about to be destroyed anyway. Um, maybe, you know, there, there's an argument to be made. Might as well at least save the physical pieces, even if we don't know where they came from. Um, I'm I'm not uh, a fan, even of those who, who document, uh, uh, because there's documentation and there's there's documentation, and professionals and amateurs are are don't do it the same way any more than um, you know somebody who just starts writing a blog is the same as a professional journalist. Um, there there are differences involved, but still, you you do make a good point. Uh, that there are times when, when maybe it's, it's now or never, uh, well, I just found this a a, a really unique book. I won't qualify unique, but something's either one of a kind or it isn't. Uh, the closest comparison I I could come up with was uh, a book by Robert Paul Jordan written for National Geographic several decades ago, many decades ago, because I read it when I was a kid. Uh, and I wanted it to be a Bruce Catton centennial history type book, and I start reading it, and this guy's just talking about his own travels to battlefields. Like there's no there's no history in here. You don't see where the armies are going. There's none of that, and I was really disappointed and put the book away. And eventually, I started reading it later, and and I'm suddenly I'm on the on the, the trip with this author. And visiting places through his eyes, and by the time I was done, I was like, "Hey, I like this guy, I want to know more." Uh, the, your book is not a history book uh, by any stretch. It, it, although it tells historical stories, uh, it's a person it's a very personal book. Um, yeah and, and the story the stories you tell are personal. We don't hear about the the left flank at Antietam, but we hear about the 16th
3: Connecticut or about individuals in it at Antietam. If that absolutely sense. it does and and I, when i give civil war talks you're you're uh <laughs> your is up for me i am not a left flank right flank person mm-hmm. uh, i'm a storyteller and i view this book as kind of a combo memoir slash history slash travelogue and i do it with uh i have a weird sense of humor and i mm-hmm hopefully that, that came across now, obviously when you go to a place like Andersonville, there's no humor involved in Andersonville. No period. Right. Um, but there are other places where I go, you know, I, I just kept meeting these, these characters who, who, who made me laugh and, and had that thousand yard civil war stare as I referenced earlier. And, were just so interesting to me. And what I wanted to achieve with this book was to take people along for the ride with, with me eating my red licorice and, and downing my, my black tea as I'm as frankly, I'm listening to civil war talk radio on many of these trips, by the way. Oh, um, that's what I wanted Time to Well do. spent. Yes, indeed. Yes. I love you. <laughs> I love your show. I hate that. I love yeah. the show. I'm a huge fan. Um, so that's what I wanted to do. And, and, hopefully you know if people are entertained by this trip and are entertained by the annex of uh my uh the cfo mrs b that's great that's fabulous and i've achieved my goal so
1: well it, it it i guess another goal i don't know if it was intended to but is to get people out of their seats and, and into their cars and traveling somewhere to see some of these places uh you know, not all of them will be with us uh, forever, unfortunately. But uh, there, there are places. As I'm reading this, I'm thinking, "Wow, you know, he's been to Trillium Station. I've been there. That's, I saw that same weird stuff in the middle of nowhere." Then there's other places you describe where I think, oh, "Holy cow! I would love to, to see that." I'd, I've been to Sailors Creek numerous times, but I've never been to the Bachelor's Rest House that you describe. Uh, Nor do I know the owner of the private property. I I have no way of getting there. Uh, But you you describe a house that is is in ruins, yet had Civil War graffiti on the walls left behind by soldiers from 1865.
3: What a find. It was – oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I wish we could go another hour. It would be so great. Oh, Yeah. yeah. But we only have a couple of minutes. But right, <laughs> that, that place in Deatonville, Virginia. I get there on a snowy day. It's it. it was just a surreal day, and mm-hmm. it's this little house, abandoned house, in the middle of of you know near, near Sailor's Creek Battlefield, which is kind of out there and remote. And the mm-hmm. places the place is falling down. It's demolition by neglect. The owner uh, is is not interested in saving the place. And I tell the story in the book of these uh, uh, two passionate people who want to save the names of the of the soldiers it was a union Mm -hmm. hospital on lee's retreat route and they wrote their names in the attic and we're we're there on this wintry day it was just so surreal and and as we walk into the place which was abandoned in the 70s you could still see on in the the closet there were clothes hanging and there was like an irs Form from the 1950s, and I, I go into the table and I open up a letter, uh, a Get Well letter from the 1960s. It was totally bizarre, and uh, yeah, it was really, it was really cool.
1: So, and that, uh, from a preservationist point of view, that the happy ending is that the people you were with were able to extract those pieces of the wall with the graffiti. I, I believe at least one of them is on display at the visitor center at. Uh, at sailors Creek. And then people can see it today. Uh,
3: so, so there go ahead. No, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I hope it is that that's the, I think that's the plan, uh, for it to eventually be displayed there. So if, if it's,
1: if it's not there yet, then yes, it, it should
3: be soon because they have a wonderful,
1: uh, visitor center at sailors Creek and, and people passionate about preserving it. So, um, in one minute, uh, it, What's where do you want to go next? Is back to a place, to a new place? What would be your next road trip
3: if you uh if, if Mrs. B says it's okay? Uh I think she will. Uh I want to go to Pea Ridge. I've never been to Pea Ridge. Uh ah, me neither. I've never been to Wilson's Creek. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm gonna find some places that people have your listeners probably have not heard of. I've I've get emails from people all the time saying you need to come here. I was, mm-hmm. so It'll be a little serendipity, a little bit of planning, uh, but who knows? Maybe I'll I'll do a Civil War road trip of a lifetime too. Well, that would be great. When you
1: do, then you definitely have to. Uh, uh, we'll have you back to the show and talk about that one too. So, listeners, it, if you want to go along on a civil war road trip of a lifetime you can do it by reading this book it's written by john banks who's been our guest tonight uh john it's been a pleasure uh, traveling with you uh, by reading your book and talking with you
3: thanks for having me this has been great a
1: thrill of a lifetime so <laughs> <laughs> and listeners as always thank you for listening to civil war talk radio